everyone, and welcome to the Cambridge Insider Podcast. We're so happy to have you here today, and we thank you for spending your time with us. Our amazing co-host, Stephen, is out this week, but do not fret. We have an amazing episode for you today. Um, If you're new here, the Cambridge Insider Podcast comes out every Monday, and we talk all things international education. Um, That includes current events impacting the industry, updates that impact our students here on the ground in the U.S., and we also advise our school partners with ways that they can improve their international student programs. If you're interested in learning more about Cambridge Network, you can go on to cambridgenetwork.com or shoot us a comment or question on YouTube. We would love to interact with you. So without further ado, today we are talking all things student arrival season, and we have an incredible guest here with us today. Um, I believe she was a former host family before she came to Cambridge Network as a student development manager, but I will let her introduce herself. Hi, Brigitte. Hi, thank you, Liana, for having me today. I really appreciate the uh, invitation. So you're correct. I was a host for many years. I started in uh, 2017, and I've had many students live with me. Some of them stayed three years with me. And I came originally from France, and I was an exchange student myself. I lived with a host family, so I feel I'm really well equipped to understand some of the problems that our students um, are faced with and how to help them better achieve success in the United States. Absolutely. I think all of your experience certainly lends to the amazing student development manager you are today. Um, And you've really been such a pillar for our students as their student Mm -hmm. development manager through arrival season. So the first thing I kind of want to ask you is, can you give our listeners sort of a bird's eye view overview of what the arrival process looks like for our students. All right, thank you. Yes, I will start with actually before they even leave their own country. So when they're still in their home country, we offer a seminar that they can attend. In the past, it was in person. We would have seminars in different cities and the students would uh, get together Uh, have information and games and uh, meet and greets, understand better what to expect when they arrive in the U.S. Now, recently, we've had online seminars because we feel that it's safer at the moment with the pandemic, but we're hoping to go back to in-person seminars soon. Awesome. And I assume those seminars sort of cover things like cultural immersion and maybe their social and emotional um, impact when they do arrive in the U.S., things like that? That's correct, yes. We try to give as much information as possible so the students know what to expect. They don't have as much culture shock. It's very hard to move, especially from Asia to the West or vice versa. Even in Europe, I, I moved a lot and each country has their own particularities. And you go through a phase where at the beginning, everything is nice, everything is fun, everything is exciting, and you're like in love with the country. And then you go through a phase where you're starting to miss your own country and you think, hmm, this is great, but I miss this and that from my home country. I can miss my family. I can miss the food. I can miss transportation and the way I was independent in my home country. And now I'm dependent on my host. 
So, you know, I try to explain to the students the ups and downs and the, the phases through which they will go before they can feel like they are part of the landscape. Right, right. It's absolutely normal to have those ups and downs throughout the entire process of adjusting and assimilating to an entirely new country and culture for sure. So after those initial in-country orientations, let's call them, um, what does the arrival process look like once students do land here in the U.S.? All right, so the first step is for the host to pick up the student at their designated airport. For example, if you live in New Jersey, your airport is going to be Newark. If you live in Boston, we expect the students to arrive in Boston. They can't arrive on the West Coast and be picked up by the host on the East Coast. So that's why we call it a designated airport. So the host picks up the student and takes them normally directly to their home and they go through some information. They have the student visit the house, meet the relatives. Sometimes um, they have other students in the area and they can get together and talk, discuss. Some students have been here for a while, so they have a lot of information to give to the new students. Now, this year was very different because we had to take precautions due to COVID. We asked the students to quarantine in my program, we were really fortunate that none of my students had to go to a hotel. They were all taken in by their hosts. Some of them were respite hosts. That means that they are not the normal host, but they are okay having students in their house during the time that they quarantine. And once the students were tested negative, they could go to their permanent homes. So it worked out really well. I'm very grateful to all the hosts who decided to let students quarantine at their house. Yeah, that's amazing. And in my program, similarly, we also didn't have any students who needed to quarantine independently in a hotel or anything like that. Our host families were extremely generous in opening up their homes for quarantine for a week for a lot of our students, which was really, really great. Um, I think as a high school student having to quarantine independently would be quite the undertaking. And our host families are just so great in being comfortable with that and supporting them as if they were their own children um, and, and having them quarantine for a week in their own homes. So we're so grateful to our host families. Um, I know our students are too. So throughout that arrival process, I know there's a lot of things and emotions that students go through, um, especially getting to know their family that they're going to be living with for the school year. So I imagine there's a lot of support that student development managers do have to offer students throughout that whole process. And I was wondering if you could speak to that a bit for our listeners. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it's difficult for a student to adapt to a new family. Um, they have maybe more more children in their home that the student is accustomed to. We have a lot of students who are only children and to suddenly move into a house who has maybe two or three children can be difficult. They also have to adapt to a different food system, to a, to a different um uh, schedule, uh, maybe the school is going to be earlier during the day or later what, than what they're used to. So we are there for them. First of all, we retrain our hosts every single year. As you were saying, we have amazing hosts and a lot of them have been doing it for many, many years. But we do go through the process every single year before the student arrives, retrain them and remind them of all the pitfalls that can happen. But usually our hosts know from the get-go what they're supposed to do. Like, 
for example, a lot of schools have uniforms and our hosts know already where the uniform stores are, what kind of uniform the students need. So they take them directly to the uniform store. They take them to get a new phone chip. They also take them to um, obtain a, a bank account, you know, all those things. So we check on everything. We check to make sure that the student is adapting well, but we also have another seminar. Once the student has been in the home for a few days, we get together usually at schools. So the schools are very generous in letting us use one of their rooms. We um, again go through the things that they can expect. We ask them if they have specific questions. We try to give them as much information about what kind of activities are available in the area or um, are there Asian grocery stores? Where can they go to the movies? This kind of thing. So that's the seminar that we have. We used to have it again in person. This year I was able to have at least one in person. We took a lot of precautions, but we also have online um, seminars for the people who didn't feel comfortable. And throughout the year, I will be there for them by checking them, checking on them every single week. So I will contact them or try to see them in person. And I will also contact the host and see if there are questions or if there are issues that the student didn't feel comfortable bringing up. But maybe the host can tell me, well, you know, everything is going well, but I think that maybe he's homesick or he's missing and you know something. So we try to find solutions for the student. We try to bring them out of their shell and hopefully make them comfortable. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't know if you agree with me here, but I think that COVID has really empowered student development managers to really take things on a case-by-case -case basis for students and their families. So before COVID, we may, we may have been able to get away with kind of doing everything the same across the board, but COVID has really forced us to attend to each student one-to-one -one and really get to know their specific needs and wants, as well as their natural parents and what they're expecting um, due to the level of safety and health concerns that there are during the pandemic. And I think as a student development, student development manager myself, um, our listeners who have been here before know that I too am an SDM, but um, I have grown so much closer with my students throughout this process because of the demands of the pandemic. Um, and I know that this past week I did a walkthrough tour with a new student of the school, um, and it was, of course, a much smaller event, we'll call it, um, just a tour of the school, but I may have normally in past years done a larger orientation with more students, but this year I was able to have that one-on-one -on -one experience with her and do a personal tour of the school. So I do think that COVID has um, in a lot of ways strengthened our relationships with students more so than in years past. I completely agree with you, Leanne. I think that students had more needs last year to have personal contact with people. In the past, we often see them in groups or we do activities together, but I feel that by going to the host instead of going to school, so we took a lot of precautions. A lot of time I met outside of the, the student's home um, and we were all masked, but I felt that they were opening up more 
than they normally do in public because they had a one-on-one, -on -one, which they don't always want or can spare the time for. And because I was at their house instead of the school, I feel that they were asking a lot more questions. They were more specific. They never said, oh yes, I'm fine, just that's it. You know, they, they went into details about what they had been doing, what they uh, wanted to do, the, the questions they had. So you're correct. I think that we develop a deeper bond with our students. And in a way, it was a very good thing. Yeah, and it really, the pandemic has really pushed us all outside of our comfort zone. And I think when everyone is in that shared state of, you know, having a new experience all together, we're all a little bit more vulnerable and therefore we get closer and form deeper relationships. Um, so let's hear about your arrival season specifically. Um, where are your programs? How many students are you working with? And how has arrival season gone for you? All right, so this year I have eight different schools, some in Pennsylvania and some in New Jersey. I'm right on the border, so it's not unusual to have schools in two states. And um, the season started really early this year. I had a lot of students decide to arrive very early because they were afraid that airlines were going to cancel their plane tickets. So my first student arrived August the 2nd, which is very, very early. Normally they would not arrive until the end of August, but it was nice because it gave them a chance to experience life with the family without the rush of having to go to school right away. So they had a chance to do summer activities, to go to the pool with the family, to play ball. So I felt it was really nice. Now I still have students arriving because some of them were not able to find plane tickets early enough. So I have a couple of students who are still missing, but will arrive. So I'm, I feel really fortunate that we, built, we were able to bring everybody back in person. Everybody who is signed up in my program will be here very soon. So I'm really grateful because having a whole year of um, online classes was really difficult. And I feel that they will learn so much more by being in person with a family. Absolutely. I too feel so relieved to have our students back here on the ground. It just feels so much better to know that you can go see them in person if you need to or want to. And I really do feel like our relationships with them, though the virtual check-ins and one-on-ones with our students are also great. And I do feel like in a way you get more of a concentrated uh, relationship to blossom when you are virtual doing a one-on-one -on -one video chat, maybe. Um, it's still, there's nothing like it to have students in person and be able to go take them out to lunch or go to the school and see them and um, just be in person with them and be able to see for yourself really how they're doing. Um, it's a peace of mind that the video chat really doesn't compare to. So I'm so relieved to have them in person as well. Um, so usually our wonderful co-host Stephen would now ask for final thoughts from our guest and from myself. Um, my final thoughts here are really just that I think Cambridge Network does a wonderful job at putting in place great support, excellent support for our students throughout the entire journey. Um, do you have any final thoughts, Brigitte? I'm just really grateful to work for a company where everybody feels like 
um, they were helping each other. They were always ready to jump in and help you if you need something. I know a lot of the other programs just from talking to the other student development managers. I can fill in for several people on the team and I feel that we're really well cross-trained and that we take the students' um, needs very seriously and we want to help them succeed. Absolutely. I think the student development manager role is really special and something that gives Cambridge Network a huge leg up against some of our competitors and our students are you know, very grateful to have someone in their corner at all times looking out for them and with their best interests in mind. So thank you so much again, Brigitte, for being here today. Um, to our listeners, thank you so much for spending this time with us. We're so grateful to you and we'd love to interact with you. Like I said, leave us a comment or question on our YouTube channel um, and feel free to reach out. We will see you on the next episode of the Cambridge Insider Podcast. They come out every Monday and we'll see you there. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for having me.